You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 77 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big calls since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. Acme Whistles, proudly associated with the NHL since 1917. We're back from our little one-week hiatus. Ross, how are you this week? Uh, well, I'm doing all right. It's finals week for school, so obviously uh, waiting to the last minute to get some school stuff done. I've been sitting in front of my computer all day working on a couple assignments. I'm ready to blow my brains out when it comes to uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, other than that, had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, did not work any tournaments or anything like that. I did do two high school games yesterday morning, but just because. Um, so, yeah, just living the dream as usual. Uh, dad fried a turkey, Ooh. as he always does. That was amazing. Um, so we had good food, had some good friends over. And, uh, yeah, otherwise just enjoyed a, a good weekend. How about you, dude? Uh, my week was actually pretty nice. Went down and uh, saw the parents, so that's always fun to go see them. Plus, I don't have to ref that means since I'm not in Dallas. Uh, so I think I had my last games were the Sunday before, I guess, the week of Thanksgiving here, so before of last Perfect. week. And then I was supposed to skate six games yesterday, but two of them ended up being forfeits. So my six turned into four, which – I'm never going to complain about. Always makes me happy. For for me, Thanksgiving was nice. I mean, just hung out with the family. Uh, we don't do a traditional Thanksgiving. We uh, we had ribs. We smoked up some ribs all day. There you go. And it was absolutely delicious. And I mean, now I'm back here and back on the podcast, and you know, That's getting cute. all that new merch out that we're trying to get out. And so yeah, back back and then to you should, back to you busy. Should be in- and then you should be in final stuff too for school, right? Yeah, we have – so next week is our final, final week. So we nice. have this whole last week where, you know, a few assignments are due. And then next week is all our finals, unfortunately. Yeah, I dude, I can't wait. I, I'm done on Wednesday. I need this I – I get a six-week break, and I need it. It's the best so, break ever. Yeah, nice six weeks. No one have to worry about nothing. But anyway – so let's get into, get into it. I know we, uh, in our little pre-show talk, you had some stuff you want to talk about. So let's share with our listeners what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, we have to talk about Johnny Boychuk retiring. He, uh, okay. he ended up retiring kind of surprisingly after a 13-year NHL career. He got cut above the eye, I believe it was, in a game in March and messed up his eye. He said he was going to be back 100%, nothing to worry about, and then all of a sudden he comes out says he's retiring. Hmm. Uh, look, I get it. I mean, I would retire too. He's, he's, he's still young. I think he's only 36. So, you know. Eh, 13 years in the league, he's made his money. You kind of get a scare. I mean, maybe something's going on with his vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows, but uh, – Good career. I believe he won a Stanley Cup, right? Oh, I, I don't think he won. think so, just because he was Wasn't trying to think. Was he on so Boston went... when they won? Oh, yeah. He was in Boston in 08 and then helped them win the Cup in 2011. So, yeah, you're correct. 
So he okay, won the cup good. in 2011. Okay. So. So yeah, he's got his name on the cup. Whatever. Good yeah, for him. He, I think he did everything he wanted to do, and I mean, like, yep. like I, I, you know, we understand like why why risk further injury and and you know potentially losing eyesight. You know, he's got yeah, young kids sure. at home. I, I I get it, and all the best to him, and and good on him for that career. Yep, for sure. Yeah, he's two years older than me, so uh, man, good good for him. <laughs> gets to retire, gets to live the good life. Right. Don't have to really do much the rest. He'll probably end up as a broadcaster or something silly. Oh, like he'll that. he'll be doing something somewhere in hockey. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, but uh, we are also getting closer to my favorite time of the year, which is the World Junior Championships. World Junior Championships. Starting in Edmonton, December 25th this year, and it's a two-week-long event for anybody that doesn't know. It's the best U-20 players in the world. They come play each other. And this year, all of the officials selected for the World Junior Championships are Canadian. So generally – I think each country probably has two, maybe three guys get selected. Yep. Uh, this year, obviously, due to COVID, I'm guessing the Canadian government told the IHF, hey, we're not going to allow anybody in uh, besides the players. So, Which, so I think this is kind of silly, the fact that we're going to allow the teams in, but not two more people from each of the countries. Like, come on, Canada. But at the same time, like, whatever eye roll and the kids that all got selected the entire staff now gets to you know have that experience and traditionally IIHF you know you're not allowed to work your home country and all that kind of stuff so you know they're breaking that rule but I like I I don't think that'll even come into question because all the kids that got selected to work this tournament um, you know, they're going to be out there with their highest level of professionalism and all that. Cause all the eyes are on them, you know? Yeah. So. I, I do wish they would allow, you know, the other officials in, but whatever, I understand it. Congrats to the guys that did make it. And yep. I was reading around, obviously people are saying, Oh, you know, the Canadians are going to be biased towards the Canadian uh, players. And okay. If anything, that's probably the farthest from the truth, if not the opposite. They'll probably be a little bit more harder and stricter yep. with the Canadian players. I, I would not be surprised to see Canada have a very high penalty total. Yeah, especially maybe the first few games just to be like, hey, guys, we're not biased. But, I mean, like, look, these guys are some of the best officials in the world. And yep. I mean, and let's let's be honest. It is what it is. Working World Juniors is a stepping stone to get to the NHL. Exactly, and and why you throw know? your career away or potentially exactly. your career away just so? Canada and we're talking can win a, gold medal. a good a good amount of these kids that play in the tournament are going to play in the NHL. Yeah, I mean. So with that said, like this is a good stepping stone for all these young officials that are mm-hmm. going to get to get out on the ice, and you know. Maybe one of the guys – and two, and think about it this way, the opportunity for some of them is, you know, they might not necessarily been number one, two, three, or four on the list to go work World Juniors, but they were, like, number 10 on the list. So they get selected, and, you know, they go out and have a banger of a tournament, 
and their stock just raised. So like it's it's an opportunity for those guys that maybe not necessarily was hot, like the higher tier guys on the list, but mm-hmm. some of the guys that are good enough. And then you know it's a perfect opportunity for those guys to to really strut their stuff. And uh, you never know, you know, get noticed. Yeah, I I almost like this idea of what like whoever's host country is is you supply the officials. Um, I think just for that very reason of like, you'll see guys that are definitely good enough that probably or more than likely would have missed the original cut of officials. If there was, you know, two or three from each country, I think it would be really cool though, that if, if you got to host the tournament, you got to supply the officials. I think the problem you would run into there outside of the U S and Canada would be having the numbers of guys that, like maybe not in some of the European countries, but other places that host traditionally they might run into a numbers problem of not having enough guys capable of working those games. But then if that's the case, they can. So just like if it's, pull. well, I would say maybe if it's in Europe, it's just European officials. If it's yeah. in the U S it's now, but at the same time, again, like the IIHF's make an exception to their rule of not working your host country. Mm-hmm. which that came about after the O2 Olympics um, because of some allegations during uh, a game, which I'm not going to talk about because there's real, there's nothing to talk about, no. but, but people, you know, like to talk and whatever. So I get it. I understand their reasoning, but you know, this is just such a oddball situation that, it just ends up creating a situation for guys that might not necessarily have gotten the opportunity. And you know what? Congrats to them. Yep. Take it and run with it. That's yep. That's all you could do. And uh, maybe we can, uh, we can try to get uh, one of the gentlemen that's on the roster to come on the podcast or uh, potentially maybe get um, someone who has worked the world juniors to come on the podcast so we can, we can talk about that experience. Yeah, because those, though, I mean, the World Juniors is awesome. Uh, speaking of the World Juniors, the Canadian camp had to shut down for the two weeks due to, I think it was two positive tests uh, by their players. And so they had to shut down. I think they're still in the middle of a shutdown. I think they're on like the second back half of their, their two weeks. Um, but it'll be all right. They're all young and healthy. Exactly. And it. They're all going to go to Edmonton. They're going to be in their own little bubble. So I, yep. I think once the tournament actually starts, unless anybody, it'll go off. It'll go off without a hitch, like the NHL playoffs did. Yeah, I mean honest, that's all that's we can hope for. Happen. Yeah. So I'm just excited for hockey to be on and to yep. boot. It's on Christmas Day, which I mean, are they doing the U.S. Canada game on Christmas Day? I believe so. Or is it on New Year's Day? See and. It's generally on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, one of the two. But yeah. um, eh, I think because of them starting on Christmas Day now, they are playing Christmas Day. I think we'll we'll check on that while we keep talking. I was going to say, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. Oh, they're going to play December 26th. Okay, so day after. So yeah. Boxing Day. Boxing Day up in Canada. There you go. Perfect. So, all right. So we'll shift gears from that and yep. talk about something that one of our listeners uh, messaged me about. Um, actually, it is a female official who is, 
I believe she said she was from Singapore. Oh. Let's see here. Um, let me go. Yep. Yeah, so it's a female official. She's from Singapore. And um, she had a question about professionalism in working, whether it be adult hockey or really any hockey in general. Mm -hmm. So I had a little chit chat with her, you know, whatever. But uh, this is something that I will say for maybe the international listeners that are out there, it might be a little different for for you guys, because I know IHF is a little different when it comes to how they like talk to players and handle that kind of stuff than they are, you know, with like with us with USA Hockey or up in up in Canada with Hockey Canada. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk a little about professionalism. So like when we talk about this at seminars, uh, Brendan, what is one of the things that comes up comes to mind for you? I, for, for me, I think the biggest thing is being approachable. Um, I think a lot of people don't think they can come up and ask a referee a question or, or something along those lines, because we see it so much with a coach yelling, a ref doesn't respond. Um, but for player to ref, I mean, personally for me, I talk to the kids a lot, especially in the older divisions, like 16, 18s. Mm-hmm. And then in juniors, I mean, I'm constantly talking to them. And it, it, it's, it's funny because you think they understand the game and you think they understand the rules, but then you, they don't. And so the more you can talk to them and help them understand the rules, I think that takes away a lot of the gray space. I mean, for me, my biggest thing is like, look, if, if you come up to me and you're calm, cool and collected and you have a genuine question, no matter how dumb it may sound to me, like I'll answer it and I'll, I'll give you an honest answer. Sounds good. And then like when dealing with adults, like for like, let's just, we'll just say men's league. Cause like that was kind of her, her thing was um, actually dealing with beer league players, not necessarily uh people that are still competing so like what do you do oh beer league players are a whole different ball game i think oh i know and that's that's kind of why she wanted to us to touch on it. it it's it's a it's a very interesting one because i don't know if i should say i'm fortunate enough or lucky enough but i've skated enough beer league that enough of the players know me that mm-hmm. you create it, I, well, you have a, that rapport, and that's yeah. actually, and you know, that's something I said to her, and I was like, you know, for me, I started refing men's league, eight, you know, about eighteen years ago, and I've been at the same rink pretty much that whole time, minus the time I was away in the military. Mm-hmm. So I know all these guys as far as the primary rink that I work at, and some of the other rinks that I'm at too. Like there are guys that play at multiple rings. And I was, you know, what works for me and you, Brendan, might not necessarily work for, you know, some of our other, you know, our listeners, whether it be with um, youth players or, or juniors or, you know, getting into men's league. But like for me, it's building a rapport with guys and knowing who you can talk to and how you can talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm doing a league, which is all guys that played at a decent level we can go back and forth. We can just have it out. I don't have to have, I don't have to be short. 
um, tempered and give a guy a misconduct for saying something to me. You know, like if they something to me, they say something to me, I can say something right back. We can have our, you know, f you battle and 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 move on with the night, and it, it's all good. But these are guys that I know. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like guys that we don't know, you kind of gotta tread around it, kind of take the temperature of the guy in the situation, and then figure out how you want to handle and respond. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, like I'm very much in in your you know thinking i think of at the higher levels of beer league you know like a league here you've probably played at least acha college if not Mm -hmm. higher more than likely higher and so with those guys like yeah you can kind of give a little bit and and take a little bit and i'm i'm a-okay with that because at the end of the day they appreciate you letting them play more so than if I called every single slashing penalty that happened or every clutch and every oh, we'd grab, be there all night. Exactly. And so the guys really appreciate that. And like, yep. I mean, they, there's one team here that I'm thinking of in Dallas. Actually, I, I did them last night and there's three hotheads on the team and everybody else is cool. And as long as those three hotheads stay, you know, at bay and they don't cross wires for whatever reason, where it, it's a it's a quiet game. Now, once their wires cross, things kind of go downhill. But that's when you start looking to the guys that I, I would yeah, call the, them contrib- the captain, but the the, yeah. the calm guys. And you're like, yo, like, what's happening? Hey, can it, you it, figure it, this out? Because yeah. uh, this guy's being an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. And and I mean, like, especially here in Dallas, like, we all the beer leaguers know who I am. I know who they are. It's it's. It's one of those things where I'm more than a-okay with joking around with you guys and, and having a good time because that's what we're mm-hmm. all out there for anyway. Um, I always tell them I'm just here to drop your guys' pucks. I, I'll throw them in a corner if you guys ask me to. I, I, I really don't care. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I, I, yeah. I was going to say, like, for us, one nice thing that we have when it comes to guys that kind of get out of control, we, we have three penalty rule. If you get three penalties, mm-hmm. you're out of the game. So it definitely makes managing things a little easier where you don't have to get the five penalties and then the guy gets suspended for a game. You just get three and you're gone. So that definitely makes it a little easier when it comes to managing them. But like, I know for me, like the level of professionalism too, especially when, you know, we talk about like the lower, the guys that, you know, think that they're scouts in the stands and they're playing for the cup. Um, you always meet their disrespect with respect because a lot of those guys can get disrespectful, but at the same time, like, you know, pick your audience to mm-hmm. like, if, if you can maybe give it back to them, if you know, like, I'm not, you know, do it. But at the same time, like with, with the lower level guys, you just, you got to be care- a little more careful because they don't necessarily get it. So yeah, with the just lower be respectful, guys. try to, you know, try to explain stuff to them to the best of your ability. And if they are not taking your answer, just agree to disagree and skate away. But don't, I will say, you know, there's that artist and scientist argument with refereeing, which you're familiar with, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think one thing we do need to avoid is being too much of the scientist and just throwing penalties at guys because that's not going to solve any problems 
Yeah, my my thing with like the lower levels of beer league here in Dallas, I always ask the guys what what would you have called? You know, like if if they, if they want if they feel like they got tripped or or whatever, uh-huh. I always say, okay, what penalty do you want me to call there? Mostly mm-hmm. to see what their answer is, and generally it's oh, it's a trip, and then I would go, okay, here's why it's not a trip. Yeah, and uh, a big one also is interference. I don't know why, but everything's interference. And so I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, how is league hundred percent? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, how is this interference? Oh well, you know he didn't, and it's just like, no, 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 no. your guy skated directly into him. You're entitled to your ice. It's not going to be interference. Yeah. And nine out of ten times, if you talk to the players and say, okay, what do you want to see called, and then explain to them why it's not going to get called, nine out of ten times it's fine. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah, and so it's funny. There, there's one goalie in Dallas, and He's just a hoot and a half, and he always wants a penalty. So one day he came over to me, and this guy, this guy maybe got tripped. Like, it was one of those ones where it's like, eh, we haven't called a penalty all night. End of the first period, like, we're fine, not a big deal. Probably got tripped, though. And goalie comes up to me, and he was like, well, why didn't you call that a penalty? And I was like, w- which one? And he's like, well, that hook there. And I was like, oh, there wasn't a hook. And he's like, oh, really? And I was like, borderline trip, but there wasn't a hook. And he's like, well, why did you call the trip? And I was like, well, <laughs> you didn't ask for the trip. You asked for the hook. Right. And so it's, it's things like that where, I mean, yeah. me and him giggled it off because I had that rapport with him. Well, I think maybe if the guy didn't know me, I wouldn't go and say that. But I, I think the like, no, obviously we're not going out there to be everybody's buddy. No. But if we're consistently working at the same rinks, saying the same team, seeing the same teams and all of that, you know who your problems are. Mm-hmm. Just when you get on the ice, you know, oh, this team's playing that team. Okay, I got to watch it, whatever. I, I feel like if we try to connect more and try to be better about building rapport with these guys, and it doesn't have to be every single player, but, you know, a couple guys on each team or whatever – I, I feel like, like for me, knowing everybody, it makes my life easier. Because I know I hear all these like other horror stories from other guys that I work with. And I'm like, that stuff never happens to me. So like, so then I try to talk them to, to them about it, like trying to figure out the disconnect on maybe what they can do better to avoid having to deal with those kinds of situations. Like, do you ever, do you ever have that too? Or you're sitting in the room and you're working with somebody and they say, Oh, this is what happened. And you're like, that kind of stuff never happens to me. Yeah. And, and to me, I, th- I think the biggest thing is um, either a, the teams aren't used to the, let's say it's a, a newer official or yeah, it's something like that where they're not used to them. So they're trying to test the boundaries with them. And, well, that'll you know, happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe he calls it tighter than what we normally would. And, and so if he tells mm-hmm. me X, Y, and Z happened, I'll say, oh, like, did you try to talk to them maybe a little bit? Because to me, the biggest thing is like, yo, if you talk to these players and show that you care even just a little bit. I well, mean, yeah, showing that you it. care goes a long way because these guys are paying good money to be out there. Exactly. You know? And I think we all can agree nobody wants to be out there for that ten forty five Tuesday night game. But at the end of the day, 
Oh, definitely not. No, They're I, looking I, at you and saying, hey, we're paying you to be here. Can you at least exactly. care a little bit? We're, we're providing, I mean, uh, when you think about it, we're providing a service, you know, yep. like it's just, that's what it is. Like we're giving them a service where the rink is our customer, mm-hmm. you know, and we, to the best of our ability, we owe these guys, Hey, you know, I'm getting paid 40 bucks a game to be out here. I should pro, you know, I should be working a little harder and a little hard work, a little respect and a little communication goes a long way. And that's not just with beer league. That's with everybody. Yeah. That's at any level. So I think professionalism, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. Like if you, you know, go out there, work hard, don't throw the book at guys. I mean, obviously there's going to be a time and a place where that has to happen. But, you know, work hard, hustle, give respect, um, treat the disrespect with respect, give it back and forth with a guy if, you know, if you can. Or, uh, and, and sometimes, heck, you, you build the rapport by having your battles, you know, like, but, so just, and, and two, like, don't be a robot out there and don't be afraid to get yelled at. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I think the biggest thing when it comes to beer league is like you you have to be having as much fun, if not more fun, than the players, or else it's gonna suck for you. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, work hard. Yeah, sure. Maybe let's bend a rule here or there for an icing or whatever. You know, if the guy was two feet from the red line, like yeah, okay, whatever. It's beer league, and and I'll tell guys that all the time. I mean, like a guy will be a stick length away from the red line and ice it. And the team's like, oh, that's icy. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you guys get the foot and the half here. Like, Yeah, the center red line's about six feet wide. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> it's like, as long as you're close to it, it's like, okay, I'm probably going to wave off this icing. Yeah. And 99% of the times, both teams are like, awesome. Like, we're just out here flowing around having a good time, especially at the higher yeah. levels. Yep. But – Throwing the book at a guy brings up something that I saw. I believe it was on the ice hockey referee page. Oh, perfect segue. Yes, 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 Um, yes. And somebody posed a question. I don't know who it was, but it got a lot of responses. And the question was, can a referee prevent a game from erupting? Ross, I believe you said yes. I All I said on the post was 100%. (laughs) That was my only comment, and I thoroughly believe that because as a referee, yes, obviously we are out there, and it's our job is to react to what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, see a penalty, call a penalty. Um, have your conversations with players and coaches. But, but also be able to know where you're at and where that game is going. And if you start seeing little fires, you need to figure out how to put them out. Because if you don't put them out now, obviously there are going to be situations where somebody does something really stupid for no reason. And that is completely out of your control. Like um, uh, an example would be like a player shooting a puck into a bench or attacking a guy from behind just out of nowhere because mm-hmm. they're Looney Tunes. But I, it's one of those things, like, I definitely feel 
that as a referee, if you have the opportunity or whatever, um, i trying to think what I was going to say, to be able to put out fires, be a good communicator, uh, talk guys through things. I thoroughly believe that as a referee, you can prevent a game from going sideways. I agree, but I will say hey, originally. Uh, heck, as a linesman, you can prevent a game from going sideways oh, by helping your referees. 1,000%. And I'll, I'll be 100% honest, in a three- or four-man game, the linesmen usually have more communication with the benches than the referees do. And mm-hmm. you'd be surprised what fires you can put out as a linesman without even having to involve the referee. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I think this kind of goes back to the professionalism and maybe just the communication side of it with players. Me as a linesman, uh, when I'm doing a game, I am constantly talking to players to try and figure out why they're mad or what they're upset about. Because mm-hmm. once you know, you can you can start talking to them and, and kind of talking them off the ledge is how I look at it. And so, like, for me as a linesman, during a um, during a, a stoppage of play where everybody's just skating back to the bench and it's no big deal. Like I'll just look at a guy and be like, you know, how's your night going? Or you know, yeah. what what's happening tonight that that you're mad about? But I think originally on that Facebook post, I said no, you cannot. Um, and the more I thought about it, I was like, we do it all the time because you start feeling a game kind of not necessarily but you can feel it like if you're yeah. in tune with what's going on the ice you can just feel that tension building and you're just like i gotta do something here yeah it's, it's and, not necessarily oh you're losing control of the game or i'm losing yeah, control of no. the game it's like the temperature's raising up and yep. my job as an official is hey i gotta reel this shit in and i probably gotta reel this shit in quickly um yep. And perfect well, example is that is I we had a triple A weekend here this past weekend and game was going great. There was a hit that I don't know how I missed it, but we missed it. Okay, it happens. Temperature starts going up and literally in my head I'm like, uh, we're gonna have to reel this shit in quick. And not mm-hmm. two seconds later go a guy just goes and dummies a kid from behind. I was like, Cool, there's my reel in call. Called the 210, settled everything down, and game went on smoothly. Um, But at the same time, I'm also on the side of it. I'm an official. I'm not there to – I can't control your players. I can't control – at the end of the day, we have zero control. No, we we, we truly have zero control. You are correct. We have zero control. However, I I feel like – and I think this is just through my own experience, games go differently working with different guys. Yes. So like when you have teams that you know, that you see all the time, you have a solid crew, they know it's a solid crew. It's less likely to get out of control just because you're there. Yeah. Like I, I, I agree. With I that. have had over the years coaches say, Oh, you know, and that necessarily just to me, but like crews that I'm working with. Oh man, thank God you guys are here tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time we played these guys, such and such happened, blah, blah, blah. You know, we know that, you know, you guys will handle it. And that's not, you know, 
you know, they're in there trying to pump our tires a little bit and maybe try to throw the last guys under the bus. But at the same time, there are times when they're being honest and like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe the last crew wasn't, you know, having the best day, whatever. But it's just one of those things like just your influence of you being the guy that's there over the next guy could potentially, you know, stop a game from going sideways. And that gets back to what we were talking about with the professionalism thing. Like for me, when guys are like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I'm like, that stuff never happens to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like it just, you know, strictly happens to them. And I mean, it doesn't not happen to me because, you know, I'm the greatest referee ever. That's not it. But it's just one of those things like, I, I like to think I have a, I have a good ability of keeping stuff from going sideways, you know? Yeah. I, I think a big thing of it is just the feel of the game and, and knowing the temperature. Um, mm-hmm. As I tell everybody, look, I'm just here to report the news. You guys make the news for me. I just report it. Yep. If you guys don't do anything all game long, I got no news to report. We all go home happy. If you guys want to be donkeys, I'm really good at setting the parade up to the penalty box. Either way, I mean, at the end of the day, you you control the game, but at the same time, you don't. You don't. No, you don't. And obviously, one thing to, that we all need to be mindful of is don't worry about the things that you can't control because you cannot control an idiot once when they're on the ice running around. Um, and then, what was I going to say? Oh, man, I just had something in my head that I was going to say. Um, I think too with uh keeping games from going sideways it's it's reflective on your personality as a referee i feel like if you're able to talk to that's what there's that's what i was thinking talking to the players so the professionalism and the rapport with players like you see a guy that's kind of acting up like I can think of a player in particular that I, I see pretty often in our junior league and I'll like tell him, Hey dude, you know, don't, don't play like an idiot tonight. Or if I see him do something, Hey, you're towing the line. Like, you know, the guys that are the issues mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily always going to be an issue, but if you, you know, communicate to them, Hey, don't be an idiot you know, as, you know, just little reminders, you know, and if you can keep those guys under control, like having, having those guys on your side is the best thing. Cause your best friend, your best friends should be goalies and goons, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> we had a kid back here in the null the past few years and he was good for about a penalty a game. And so I would just wheel by him every once in a while. Or if I saw him, you know, before warmups, I'd be like, so, uh, what 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 period are you getting your penalty tonight? Like what what period should we be expecting something? And it was always funny. He would he would always be like, I don't know yet. And then we would walk out for the second period, and he would look up at me and be like, Hey, Asti. And I'd be like, Yeah, what's up? And he's like, I think you're gonna have to escort me to the box this period. I'd be like, Okay, like <laughs> thanks for the heads up. At least That's at least we know it's funny. coming. And mm-hmm. it it's things like that where it's like, Hey, the kid knew he was gonna get a penalty eventually, but. Yep. I don't really have anything much else to talk about except for the fact that we are dropping a just a boatload of new merch. We have a few yeah, new logo buddy. designs. Uh, 
We've been working incredibly hard on that this whole past week. Some stuff's up today. There's more stuff. It, it's really weird. I can only add so many things to the store per day. So I've been adding as much as I can. Over the next few days, there'll be more and more and more. We did get some kid sizes in because I figured, you know, maybe you want to buy some for the youngsters for Christmas, whatever. We have a ton of good merch in. I would say go check it out. I'm super pumped for it. I'm going to put in a massive order when I can. And the (laughs) one last thing I want to say is our YouTube subscribers, we are up to 964 out of our goal of 1,000. So quick maths, we are 36 away. When we hit that, there'll be a massive giveaway for those thousands of followers, subscribers, whatever you want to call them. So keep subscribing to that. And Ross, you got anything else? Uh, as per usual, I'm going to go ahead and plug the Team Stripes Academy, the master course from NHL legend referee Don Koharski where him, Brandon Bourgeois, and the rest of the other Team Stripes boys get out on the ice and kind of show you how it's done uh, as well. Oh, and, and Jamie Koharski as well. I got I to give him that plug because I know he listens every week. Good. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, I think everybody just uh, keep working hard. You know, stay the course. I know some of us are having different seasons than others, like, in Dallas or in Texas and Florida, we're kind of full send. I think I saw today Jersey's shutting down for the whole month of December for hockey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stay positive. I've been seeing a lot of guys complaining about their USA hockey fee or this, that, and the other thing. Like, obviously this is a, we're in unprecedented times. Don't get frustrated by it. Just, you know, it is what it is. If, um, I mean, obviously, it's it's November 30th, so today is the last day that our, uh, what, 1920 crests are good for. Yep, you got to start using the other ones. So tomorrow, you have to be wearing your 2021. Now, this is for our USA hockey people, obviously. Um, and those guys that, you know, you haven't registered, you're taking the year off, just keep in mind that you do get a freebie as far as a year off goes. So, like, the next year you come back, you can re-register as the same level you were. But if you take any more than one year off, you start phase one, day one as a level one. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, that doesn't really affect your assignments, whatever. But that is something to be mindful of. Um, I guess with that, I'm good. I have another Zoom call that I have to get on here in a few minutes. Ooh, aren't you fancy? Uh, yeah. And I also have to finish this freaking paper. Well, then we will wrap up episode 77 of the Team Stripes podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Acme Whistles. You can buy the matte black ones on our website. They are sick. They are beautiful. And also Rolo Golf, the polo company. Use code STRIPES15 for 15% off your entire, entire order. And also... Go look at our merch at teamstripes.com. It is sick merch. I love it. I'm excited for it. I'm going to be rocking it seven days a week once I order it. So see you guys (laughs) next week and have a great week, guys. And hopefully next week we'll actually be back to having guests. We will. We'll find a guest. (laughs) All All right, everybody. Take care.